creativity. You know, and you know, you know, creativity. You know, that's a big, big topic. You and I talked about it a couple years back. But if we just kind of talk about, you know, a little bit about you know creativity, how it might relate to unique self, and, and why creativity is just so central, right? In in, in spiritual practice, we begin to revision an integral world spirituality practice. Yeah, sure. Well, the 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 first thing is that um, creativity itself is uh, we we often think uh, about uh, creativity as uh, confined to humans, and then usually not even all humans, but just the the really sort of bright, clever. Um, well, creative uh, humans, but it's actually one of the one of the main intrinsic fundamental forces of of the cosmos, and it it's um, on a, the same footing as strong and weak nuclear force and electromagnetic and gravitational. There is at least another force. And that's eros or creativity or self-organization. And the universe displays the capacity for that and has displayed the capacity for that uh, ever since the, the Big Bang. And, and we know this to be true because if, if, if there weren't some fundamental creativity present right from the Big Bang forward, then the universe would never have changed from the shape that it was in at the Big Bang. Because there was no natural selection and no gene mutation. None of that had, had um, there weren't any genes. There wasn't anything for to mutate and, and be selected. And, and yet novel forms started appearing and started appearing instantly. And it was... Um, one of uh, Whitehead had what he called categories of the ultimate. They were three things you needed to get the universe running, and uh, one Always was, was one, and the second was uh, the many, and the third was the creative advance and the novelty. And 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 that's exactly right. That that's a fundamental force, and it's astonishing to see it work. Um, you have. Um, you know this this explosion some 14 billion years ago, where um, literally all of the matter um, in the universe to this day um, was created, blew into existence out of, as far as we can tell, nothing, pure emptiness. And so, out of that, you get um, the uh, original sort of fundamental particles, whether they're strings or quarks or or whatnot, and they start coming together in in unique and creative forms and produce atoms. And and atoms uh, wandering around at individuals and they start coming together and producing molecules. And then you have one of the one of the most mind boggling um, creative leaps, um, which is you have um, uh, several dozens of, of really complex molecules. And you can imagine, I mean, just all of a sudden come together a, a cell wall drops around them and life appears, a life form appears, that's the first cell appears. 
it, now, I mean, it, it, it's an absolute miracle. I mean, it's, an, it's absolutely unbelievable that something like that would happen. But it, that doesn't, doesn't stop there. Those cells hang out, you know, for another billion years or so. Then they pull together and start creating multicellular organisms. And in each of these cases, we're seeing the creative advance and the novelty. We're seeing creativity. And we're seeing it operate on its own. And when we get to biological forms, when, I mean, Darwin came up with, with, the, with the whole notion of natural selection because he was watching gardeners select different plant forms to cross-pollinate because they were then deriving new forms out of that selection. And all that's fine. You just have to remember that selection was an intelligent choice that was made to pull these things together. And Darwin needed some um, alternative to that. He did consider God, as did George Wallace, um, who, who came up with the concept at the same time. Um, and so the both of them would in their own way see evolution as, as the, the way that God created a manifest uh, universe. <clears throat> but you have these these um, creative forces uh, operating, and they're just the opposite of randomness. So the the idea that you can somehow explain um, all of the emergence of, of different uh, biological and, and psychological um, forms and so on through random mutation and natural selection is silly. Um, what we see is exactly the opposite of randomness. There's a force in the universe that runs against randomness and got us from dirt to Shakespeare. That is not a random process. That's an extraordinary process of, of creative evolution. And it's what happens with each of these creative emergence is new qualities, new characteristics, new perspectives, and new degrees of consciousness or awareness come into being. And so, in other words, an, um, another divine spark of spirit is struck and appears in each new creatively emergent form. And each of those are, in their own way, unique. Right. And even though, you know, all electrons sort of look the same in a, in, a, in a certain sense, none of them ever occupy the same space at the same time, and therefore none of them ever have the same prehensive feel of the universe, ever. Right. Each of right. them has a different prehensive feel of, 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 of the cosmos. It's a unique uh, 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 hold on. That's right. And so that uniqueness is is part of creativity, and they go hand in hand. And so right. as evolution continued and creativity continued, and 
more and more levels of consciousness come into being, and each time a new level of consciousness comes into being, new perspectives come into being, new capacities come into being. The universe goes from um, being um, close to inert to having sensation and then having perception and then starting to form images with neural nets and then starting to form proto-motions with reptilian brain stem and then full-fledged emotions with a limbic system. The universe is becoming more and more sensitive to itself. It's, it's seeing itself through different eyes with every stage of unfolding. It's knowing itself through different perspectives from every step of evolution and starting to become more and more and more aware and more and more and more self-aware. And, of course, this is spirit itself starting to wake up. And as we get into human beings, at some point, human beings in human beings, the process of evolution itself becomes conscious of itself. And creativity becomes aware of creativity. And God becomes aware of God. And this is a, a um, extraordinary other leap forward. Um, you know, you have, sort of have to go back to the beginning of life to get, get something as, 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 as comparable, um, uh, uh, an enormous leap that this, that this was. And what it, what it means is that individuals, as they start to awaken to spirit in themselves and start to awaken to the fact that their self is ultimately one with spirit and the overall number of, of spirits is, is but one, nonetheless, they're still, just like electrons, none of them occupying the same place in the same space at the same time. And so every spiritual realization is both identical and unique at the same time. Identical in that it's a realization of, of the one and only ground of being. And unique in that it's being seen through one set of eyes with one particular perspective for the first time ever. And so it's it's a it's a a a the first time that this new um single ground of being has been seen from this particular angle and through these particular eyes with, with this particular brain with these particular interpretations and these particular thoughts. And and so we're we're right at the at the very fundamental edge of evolution itself because what we have found as we've continued to self-explore is that consciousness is not a product of the brain right. but rather the brain is a product of, of consciousness that basically every choice that the human mind makes is 
transformed into a neural substrate in the brain structure. So we're, we've actually evolved to the point where we can actually catch the mechanism, one of the mechanisms of leading edge evolution, which is the choices that human beings at the edge of evolution make become materialized. They become turned into matter in the brain and passed on. They become a, a they're also passed on through through culture and they're passed on through genetic um, mutations still. But they're also fundamentally through actual changes in the brain structure. And this happens by the choices, the creative choices that human beings make at the edge of their own evolution. And that means that the unique self is, is not just a product of the past. It's a creator of the future. And we have, this is, it's, Whitehead had kind of a similar notion. I don't want to draw too many parallels here, but he spoke of two different um, dimensions of God. And most of the wisdom traditions um, do, but this is in a, in a modern form and therefore included evolution. One was the primordial nature of God, which is timeless and unchanging, and corresponds um, for us with emptiness or the true self. And then there's the consequent nature of God, which is the product of changes in the manifest world that are prehensively unified, um, drawn into a wholeness, or as Whitehead put it, the many become one and are increased by one. And in other words, another whole on was creatively added to the universe. And that gets laid down in actually new brain structure being created. And so, so we're, we're right on the edge of being able to spot that form of evolution. And we can spot that it comes from the, from the deepest creative uh, sources of our own self. In other words, it comes from our unique self. Right. Right. And so the unique self is, it, on the one hand, it, it does have a consequent nature because it, it has enfolded within it all of our previous stages. But it's also a leading edge where it is laying down the very future of tomorrow. It's right. laying down the, this, the creative advance into novelty. Is, is is getting created as we make our choices and convert them in into in into mental choices which um are converted into brain structures. Right. And so it creativity is is part of how human beings fundamentally participate in the cosmic process of evolution itself, we saw that creativity is, is, is not just a human 
force. It's a cosmic force. It goes all the way back to the Big Bang. And when we participate in that creativity, we're participating in that evolutionary force. And at its highest form, that is, is, is issuing straight from the unique self. Yeah. And um, the uniqueness comes with the creativity. And, and, they're, and, they're, and they're, I mean, it's fantastic. I mean, we, we've, we've talked about this any number of times, and I think this is just the, 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 the most clear, beautiful, elegant, succinct statement of the whole thing. So I've just, just completely enjoyed it. Let's just talk about the aesthetic pleasure. I've just enjoyed it. <laughs> just, uh, and so, so, so deep bow and, um, and delight. And uh, we, we, we have to never forget to delight in things. You know, delight is a, yeah. a function of, of creativity. So, so let me just, just kind of dance in this a little bit in this in this elegant, you know, unfolding. And what you're pointing to is the 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 indivisible nexus between unique self and creativity. Right. They are actually at their core one and the same. And the matrix of creativity, right, is unique self. You know, right. and, you know, is the is the unique perspective, right, of the individual but, but in some sense, we could view or understand the history of the cosmos as both the evolution of and the awakening of uniqueness, right? Because, right? right? I mean, as a spiritual force. As a spiritual force, right, precisely. Right, right, no, precise critical end of the sentence. So the, the evolution of uniqueness, the awakening of uniqueness, uniqueness moving from we might call unconscious uniqueness to conscious uniqueness, right. right, which then becomes a source of conscious creativity. You know, conscious, you know, in the, in the biggest, broadest sense, not in the kind of, you know, kind of, you know, Tinsel sense, right, it is, is, is actually the unfolding and, in some sense, the obvious telos of the cosmos. Right. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's not the telos from the perspective of a kind of imposed telos, Right, meaning, you know, prescriptively, this is what the cosmos should be doing. But in a certain sense, one could define world spirituality thought as a move from metaphysics to phenomenology. Right? That we're not, we're not saying prescriptively this is what should be. We're saying this is what is. Right? Right? This is what is. So whether that's in terms of a phenomenology of sexing or whether it's in a phenomenology of reality itself, what is happening is this this movement of eros equals creativity equals uniqueness. You know, that, those are those equal signs, right? Eros equals great. I mean, it's equals creativity equals uniqueness. So, you know, and, and paradoxically, I want to add something equals pleasure, right? In other words, pleasure not as only a hedonic function, but as a eudaimonic function. You know, pleasure, you know, with that, you know, that split that they always made between daemon and and hedon, right, kind of limits pleasure to the aesthetic line, but actually, when you think about it more deeply, there's the pleasure of the good, there's the pleasure of the true, and there's the pleasure of the beautiful, right? right? And from that perspective, we begin to say, oh, and understand, okay, now, now we get this. So, so, so there's this, this beautiful equation of eros, right, which equals creativity, right, which equals uniqueness, right, which equals the pleasure of creativity, right? right. And in 
Right, and, and, and I mean, it's beautiful, and a schema of levels of pleasure that we've talked about offline, I think never online, you know, the, the, you know, and when you actually begin to understand that pleasure is a function of the good, the true, and the beautiful, right, and there's no rate of exchange between pleasures, right, as you kind of move up different levels of pleasure, you realize that the kind of highest pleasure, right, right meaning nothing below it can buy any of it, right, is the pleasure of unique self-creativity, Right? And it builds on true self. Right? There's the pleasure of true self-realization. But, of course, all of true self-realization by itself, without the awakening to unique self, can't buy you any unique self-creativity. You know, it's, it's, in other words, it's, it's its own highest expression right, of the phenomenological right, or, or the descriptive or just what is. Right, of the actual telos of where the cosmos is moving, and, and we're not making a metaphysical move, we're just making a kind of very simple, implicit kind of, you know, I call it the duh move, D-U-H, duh, right, like, oh, that's what's happening, right, <laughs> or oh, that, that's where it's moving, and in that sense, creativity becomes, unique self-creativity becomes an ethical obligation, but again, not a metaphysically imposed ethical obligation of a particular, you know, ethnocentric version Right, that claims that you know, you know, the world's a particular kind of vending machine that my religion happens to own, right? But 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 rather, right, it, it's a description of the natural telos of the cosmos, and and in that sense, so the prehension. I mean, I, I love that description of the kind of the unique prehensive feeling of an electron. So although the electron's not writing a book about it, right? right you know, to the best of our knowledge, right? And I'm not, you know, not painting a painting, right? But that that unique prehension then explodes into consciousness, you know, billions of years later, you know, when Da Vinci, you know, in his, you know, you know, activates, awakens his unique perspective and produces Da Vinci, you know, right. or, or when Michelangelo or Shakespeare produces Shakespeare, right, you know, and, and what is an artist? Right. And an artist is, is really someone, right, you know, who's not, you know, we used to think that an artist was someone who was good in art class, Right, you know, right, you know, and, and, and you know that's what you pointed out in the beginning is we kind of exiled art not only to the human realm, right, but to a very particular dimension of the human realm. You draw well, right, yeah. you know, but you know, we're, we're, we're actually creativity is the natural function of perspective, and the more perspectives come online, the more creativity comes online, and then the artist being, you know, the unique person living. You know, and, and this is kind of, this is Nietzsche plus emptiness, right, if you will, right? right? You know, Nietzsche plus emptiness, you know, you know emptiness in the Buddha sense of, of, of emptiness, you know, shunyata, right, true self, right? You know, Nietzsche plus true self equals unique self equals the evolutionary artist, right, who is actually seeing through their unique perspective and then offering their unique creativity, and then that unique creativity becomes not just an aesthetic expression, in the line of the beautiful, but it becomes a moral obligation, which is not which is not imposed externally, but it's 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 a moral obligation, which is the very natural nature, if you will, right? The very very nature of of who we are. So that gives you kind of the good, right? And it produces newer and newer advancements into truth, right? You know, the creative advance into novelty, right? As you cited, Whitehead actually reveals deeper and deeper truths about the way it is, and for the first time, you point out, we're actually seeing at the leading edge how that becomes a neural substrate, which becomes, which begins to give birth to kind of cultural, 
what you've called cosmic habit, right? right? You know, which creates, you know, and, and now that we understand neuroplasticity, you know, a little bit better, we actually begin to understand that choice, right, choice is, right, identical with the unique self, right? And we could actually go back to our original equation and say eros, right, equals, you know, creativity, right, equals, you know, uniqueness, equals the pleasure of creativity, right, equals, you know, the creativity which changes the nature of the good, the true, and the beautiful, right, and the linchpin of the entire thing is choice, 